Well, my sermon today is Battle and Blessing. That's the title, Battle and Blessing. We're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 5, if you want to turn there. But I, I just want to say that uh, my beautiful wife, Misty, is here. We're a team, and I couldn't do this without her. And we've been married uh, 27 years already. And uh, I just love her and thank you for that. Our three kids have pretty much grown up here. Sophia, Sam, and Sawyer. I'm so proud of them. And I, I do get to be one of the pastors here, the family life pastor. So I work with life groups that meet in homes. I work with our family life classes that meet on campus here. I work with our ministry and leadership school. And then I also work with our uh, biblical study trips. When we get to go to Israel and Greece, I get to go and lead those trips. I love that. So many of y'all have been with us on those trips. But I'm honored to get to preach today. Thank you, Pastor. So open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 through 11. Are you ready to hear from the Lord today? Yes. Do you believe he's going to speak to you if you're ready? I think he wants to speak to us more than we want to listen sometimes, but uh, let's make ourselves ready. Let's open our hearts right now and not just uh, go through the motions. Before we read the passage, I want us to pray together. In the Digging Deep Bible Study on Sunday mornings, we say a prayer together. So we're going to pray right now. If you would like, you repeat after me and we'll uh, let the Lord know we're ready. Heavenly Father, we praise your name. We open our hearts and minds to you alone. Make us more like you through your word today. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. In Jesus' name. Amen. The Christian life is battle and blessing. Battle and blessing. Battle and blessing. Battle and blessing. It seems like it goes on and on, doesn't it? Can you relate to that? It seems like we go from one battle and then we see a blessing and then here comes another battle, right? And it feels like it just goes from one to the other to the other. We're going to read a, a passage today in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Maybe you found your way there. Uh, if not, it's going to be on the screens, I believe, as well. God's word says this. It says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. Makes me think about our missionaries like Kenan. Man, they're the ones uh, really on the front lines. It says, verse 10, In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. Amen. The Christian life is a battle and a blessing. A battle and a blessing. A battle and a blessing. How many of you would say that you're in a battle today? Raise your hands. If you're in a battle, you feel like today. Pastor Randy said, it'll do you good. Raise your hand, right? <laughs> Still, Lord, I'm in a battle today, right? So many of us are. It may be with your marriage. It may be uh, financially. It may be with a neighbor. It may be at something at school with your health. But uh, so many of us are in a battle today. And sometimes when you're in that battle, it seems like it's never going to end, right? That's part of the lie that the enemy tells us. It's never going to end. How many of you would say that you're in a blessing today? Raise your hand if you're in a blessing. That feels a little better to say, doesn't it? I'm in a blessing today. 
Maybe that's a financial blessing. Maybe it's in your marriage or in your singleness or with one of your kids or with a healing that you've experienced. The Christian life is battle and blessing, battle and blessing, battle and blessing. And I used to think that it was more like one after the other, but I'm coming to realize that it's kind of battle and blessing at the same time, isn't it? At the same time. I was even visiting with a friend before digging deep this morning, and he was just sharing about a battle he's been in. He was sharing joyfully, but just sharing about a battle over this last semester and about starting this new year. And uh, they were at digging deep to be in Bible study to start this new year on a, on a good note. But then he got to sharing about the blessings of this past year with his daughter getting married and graduating school and all these different things. Just, there's, it's always at the same time uh, I'm, is what I'm learning. Pastor Rick Warren agrees with this. Uh, he wrote the book, The Purpose Driven Life. Maybe you've heard of it. It became the fastest selling Christian book of all time which brought a lot of opportunity and influence for him. But at the same time, he found out that his wife Kay had cancer. Now that's a battle. So it really is battle and blessings so often is at the same time. So I'm starting to see it like a train track. For a train track, there are two rails, right? And it's like battle and blessing at the same time. My son Sam is the one who sets up the Christmas train in the lobby over there at the kids ministry. Have you seen the Christmas train? That's my son Sam, he sets that up. Been doing trains his whole life, and uh, now he's a young adult, and he's got quite the collection that he sets up over there at Christmas time. So trains have been a part of our life for a long time, and it's like that uh, battle and blessing. It's like the train track, and it's at the same time. So we shouldn't be surprised by the battle, right? Jesus told us we would be in a battle, right? Do you remember the words of Jesus in John 16, 33? He said, in this world, you will have trouble. He didn't say you might have trouble. He said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Then Paul told us, this one's funny to me. Paul told us, he said, but if you do get married, it is not a sin. <laughs> he said, however, those who get married at this time will have troubles, and I am trying to spare you those problems. <laughs> I think that's a whole nother sermon. <laughs> Marriage is troubles, right? And he's trying to spare us. He was preaching to them about how the days are short and the end is near. He said, I'm trying to save you from those troubles. I think that's for our Marriage Matters class. Sign up. Come to One Connection next week. And <laughs> sign up for Marriage Matters and maybe we'll have a new topic for that. We'll just start with that one. Peter told us. Don't be surprised. He literally said, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. He said, don't be surprised. So this battle that we're in, we shouldn't be surprised by it. And then one more time from Jesus, Jesus said, the world hates me and it's going to hate you also. <laughs> so we will have a battle. He said, if you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. But since you don't, it's going to hate you like it hates me. So we should expect the battle. We shouldn't be surprised by the battle. And honestly, even if we don't serve the Lord, life is a battle, right? You're going to face some battles. It's just so much sweeter if you do those battles with the Lord Jesus. So let's talk about the battle. Let's talk about how we can battle better since we're going to be in one. We read 1 Peter 5.8. It tells us the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone he may devour. 
And then God's word tells us in Ephesians that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Have you heard that sermon before? If you heard somebody preach about it, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities and powers and all kinds of wickedness and evil places. That word for wrestle, when we went to Greece, they talked about the ancient Greece culture and they would have these wrestling matches. That word for wrestle in the Greek there is the word when they would wrestle to the death. The one who won was the one who lived. <laughs> That's the kind of wrestle that they did. So when the Bible tells us we wrestle not against flesh and blood, it's that kind of wrestling match that we're in. That's a battle. So we need to learn how to do this battle. We need to learn how to battle better. That's the evil that we face in life. But also we have desires that well up within us. We have lust. We have pride and deceit that just comes up within us on our own. We have temptations. And just look at the names of our enemy. Our enemy has many names. He's called the father of lies. He's called the accuser of the brethren. He's called the prince of the power of the air. Satan, Lucifer. But let's look at this word in our passage today. 1 Peter chapter 5. The word there is the devil. The devil is like a roaring lion. The word devil. The word devil in Greek is the word diabolos. It is not a proper name. His name is Satan, which means to slander or accuse. But the word devil is not a name. The word devil is like a job description. The word devil describes how he operates. You see, in Greek, the word is diabolos, and it's a compound word. There's two parts to the word. The first part of diabolos is dia, dia. The word dia by itself means to penetrate. It means to penetrate all the way through something. It's like where we get our word uh, diameter, like the diameter of a circle. I had to look it up and make sure I knew what the diameter of a circle was. It's when you go all the way through the center, right, of the circle. Well, that's what dia means. It means to penetrate. That's the first part of this word, diablos. This is his job description. So he's trying to penetrate something. The second part of it is balos. Balos means to throw, like to throw a rock. And it means to throw, and then you put them together. He's trying to penetrate your mind by throwing a rock at it is what the word means. That's the compound word. But when it comes as a compound word in the Greek, it's repetitive. Because see, the enemy knows that if he threw that lie at you one time, it might not stick. You might not fall for it the first time it comes. But it's repetitive. So his job description is Diablos. He's going to throw that lie at you, throw that lie at you, throw that lie at you, throw that lie at your mind. And then it's going to penetrate. And it gets into our minds and then he can set up a stronghold in our minds that he can work out of, right? right? So know that about your enemy. That's going to help you in the battle. Right. Knowing what he's doing, knowing when that's coming at you. So when you are in that battle today, and maybe that's, your, maybe that's what you need to take out of what we're sharing today, is that I need to, to stop that attack. I need to take that thought captive and make it obedience to Christ and get rid of that repetitive lie that I'm believing and start believing the truth. And just a little extra note there. If there's some kind of unresolved iniquity in your life, maybe some kind of iniquity in your family line, if it's racism, if it's alcohol, if it's divorce, if it's something like that that is a, an ism like that that is, uh, tends to follow as a family iniquity, that's going to be where the devil starts first, right? 
He's going to throw that rock at that spot right there because that's what he's trying to penetrate. So be aware of that if you're in a battle today and take measures to stand against those things and to get some freedom. Maybe you need some, uh, some help with that and that needs to be where you start in this battle. I'm trying to help you today, right? <laughs> trying to help us all to get through these battles and not just to live uh, defeated in this new year is to uh, see some more victories. But the good news about this is that the Lord is speaking to us all the time also, right? The enemy's speaking to us and throwing these lies at us, but the Lord is speaking to us all the time. If we'll just tune in and listen to him, he's speaking to us through nature. He's speaking to us through music, through the friends that we're around. That's why we gotta be around the right friends, right? Through the people that we're around and who we hang out with. He's trying to speak to us. And of course, through his word, we gotta be putting his word into our lives. We're transformed by the renewing of our minds with the word. So we need to be putting the word into our mind, putting the word into our mind, putting the word, because the enemy is throwing that lie at our mind all the time. So that's the battle right there. My next question is, whose battle is it? The battle belongs to the Lord. Have you heard that phrase before? The battle belongs to the Lord. I looked that phrase up. I was like, what scripture is that? I know that's in the word. It's like in a hundred places. It's like all over the word, the battle belongs to the Lord. It shows up over and over again. I mean, I guess the best way to think about that is that it's like the children of Israel. So many times they were going into the battle and they're, when they were choosing the right way, they would declare their faith in the Lord and that the Lord, it was the Lord's battle. And they would seek the Lord if they were to go up in that battle or not, right? right? We probably need to do that. We probably need to seek if we're supposed to even be in this battle. Absolutely. And then if the Lord gives you the battle and he tells you that it's his battle, then we need to trust him for the victory. Oftentimes we think all the victory is our responsibility. We put it all on ourselves and we live in this guilt or this shame or whatever it is because we can't produce the victory out of our own willpower and out of our own good desire, right? When we look at the battle as the battle belongs to the Lord and it's his responsibility, we participate in it, right? We've got to show up and participate in the battle. But when the battle belongs to him, that puts the responsibility on him and not on ourselves. And we can live from a different place. We can fight from a different position, right? Are you with me? Amen. Amen. Good. Okay, so we know we're in a battle. And we're going to always be in a battle. And we know the battle belongs to the Lord. So what do we do in the battle? What's our part in it? Let's talk about that. I've got three things for you today. When I made my first list in my notes, I came up with eight things I was going to share with you. So please know there's so much more than this. But I've got three things to share with you. If you're taking notes, you can write these three things down. And this is our part in the battle and what we can do. First thing is to put on the full armor of God. Put on the full armor of God. The full armor of God is, is listed out for us in Ephesians chapter six. The full armor of God is putting on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the boots of the gospel of peace, the helmet of salvation. It's lifting up the shield of faith and taking the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen, that's our armor that we put on. Now, you may have heard that. I've preached that. We've taught about that. So you may say, oh, yeah, I know that, the armor of God. But do you say it out loud? Do you put it on? It's like what we need to be putting on every day. 
Or even if you put it on that morning, if you see a new battle coming at you that day during the day, that unexpected phone call, that whatever it is that brings the battle, then you put it on again, right? We can't imagine uh, being a football player and going into the football game. Can you imagine if you're, in the fo- you're sitting on the sideline waiting to go in the game, you finally get to go in the game, right? And you run out on the field without your helmet. You can't go into the game without your fo- helmet in football, right? It's the same way with the armor of God. We have got to put it on. So you may have heard about it, but we need to be putting it on. You need to have it memorized. If you can't say it, like I just said it, and then you need to have that memorized and put it on. That's part of you going into the battle. We pray this uh, prayer. When we go on these trips to Israel and Greece and all that, we always pray it as a group together and put on the armor of God together and say it together as a prayer. And I just love that. There's something about saying it with other people too that does that. Do you want to do that today? Yeah. We can pray that. All right. I'll say it and you repeat it back to me. So if this is what you want to do, you say it out loud and uh, put on the armor of God. Are you ready? Say, dear Jesus, Jesus, I'm thankful for the armor armor. you have provided. provided. I put on the belt of truth, the The breastplate of righteousness, the The boots of the gospel of peace. peace. I put on the helmet of salvation. salvation. I lift up the shield of faith. Against all the fiery darts of the enemy. And I take in my hand the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I choose to use your Word against all the forces of evil in my life. And teach us to pray in the Spirit on all occasions. And help us to speak boldly as we ought to speak. In Jesus' name, name. amen. Amen. I remember on one of our early trips to Israel, we were praying that armor of God prayer. And Pastor Darla said, what about praying in the spirit? Because at the end of that passage, we have all the pieces of the armor. But then at the end of it, it says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions. And she said, we need to put that into our prayer. And she was right. And then the next verse says, and pray that I would speak boldly as I ought to speak. So you heard that in the prayer. I add that in there. So if you already know the armor of God, I challenge you to add that in there, that God would uh, teach us to pray in the Spirit. We need to pray in our prayer language. We need to pray in the Spirit, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit more. And then we need to speak out. We need to speak boldly. That's putting on the armor of God. That's the first thing. The second thing for the battle, how to battle better, is to stop giving place to the devil. This is Scripture this is just a scripture verse. It's Ephesians 4, 27. It says, stop giving place to the devil. Another translation of this same verse is, do not give the devil a foothold, which is a good translation as well. That helps me to think of him having a foothold in your life. But a more literal definition is stop giving place to the devil. It describes something that we're already doing. In other words, it's not just a theoretical statement that Paul is responding to, but it's something that they were doing. In this chapter 4 where he mentions it, the church was, he tells them also to quit having bitterness and spite and offense and clamor and evil speaking and grieving the Holy Spirit. And then he says, stop giving place to the devil. 
And somehow, some way, a door had opened and the devil had found entrance into the church. And so Paul now speaks to them and says, stop giving place to the devil. The Greek language really means stop it and stop it now. I want you to stop this right now. Stop giving place to the devil. That would be a very long translation of that verse, but that's what it really means. If we would really get the, the emphasis of the language, it's stop it. You're already doing it. Stop it. Stop it right now. Stop giving place to the devil. And then that word for place is where we get our, our word topographical. It's the, the word place is the word topos, T-O-P-O-S, which describes a real physical geographical location. It's tied to geography so much that we get our word for the topographical map from this word. It's a real place. So by using this word, Paul is talking about something real that's going on in your life. An entry point where the devil is getting in to your life. He's not looking for an imaginary door. He's looking for a real door. And actually, if we don't leave a door open, if we can close that door, then we close access to the devil in our lives. So our enemy, he's doing surveillance. He's looking for a real place that he can get into our lives. A crack in our armor. A crack in a relationship. Or maybe we've something, done something wrong in our finances. He's constantly walking around trying to find a tapas, a real geographical place where he can access our marriage, access our children, access our health, access our church or ministry. He's looking for an entry point into our lives. And this church that, that Paul's talking to, they had malice and backbiting and offense going on in the church. So some kind of door had been left open for the devil to come through the door and create a mess out of their emotions and out of the, in their community there. So Paul says, stop it. Stop it now. Stop giving place to the devil. So we need to take that advice today. We need to put everything on pause and look around at our own lives and see where we may have left a door open. If you're in a battle today and you don't know where it came from, take some pause and look for an open door that you may have left to let the enemy in that you need to shut. Part of repentance and part of changing it is acknowledging it and being aware of it and being willing to look at it. That or you can just stay in your battle and stay defeated, right? <laughs> Let the devil keep getting the victory. My challenge for you today is to look at what the devil, look at any, any open place that you've got. If you have a marriage problem, what did you do wrong in your sexual relationship? What did you do wrong in your communication with your spouse? Where did the door first open? You've got to find that place and you've got to shut that door so that the devil no longer finds easy access into those places. That's why Paul says, stop giving place to the devil. So if right now with the help of the Holy Spirit, you begin to shut those doors, you're still going to need the Holy Spirit to help you deal with what's come in and how to repent and do forgiveness and uh, receive some healing. But you need to stop the access right off the bat. Shut those doors. So close every door. The Lord's been speaking to me personally. I'll admit about this as well. He's been asking me whenever I, when I prayed about the new year, we have a uh, social media director here at the church and she encouraged all of us to share like a verse 
or a word from the Lord or a Bible reading plan for the new year. I was like, oh yeah, I need to do that. I need to pray, ask the Lord what I need to uh, focus on. I asked the Lord and he gave me a verse right away. It's just like when I asked him, it's like in my mind, this verse was pursue holiness out of reverence for God. And I hadn't read that verse that morning in my quiet time or something like that. It just popped up in my mind, pursue holiness out of reverence for God. And the Lord convicted me that I needed to pursue holiness, that I needed to shut some doors, things that I was letting in from YouTube or TikTok or something else like that. I just took TikTok off my phone. I said, that just, number one, it helps waste time. And number two, I end up looking at stuff. I probably, you know, just, it's this slippery thing of, I don't need that, right? I need to pursue holiness out of reverence for God. I need to stop giving place to the devil. So I challenge you to do the same thing. Look at what you need to do in life to uh, shut those doors. That was number two. Number three is, what was number one? Number one was to put on the armor of God. Number two, I remember. I'm just asking y'all to try to help y'all remember. (laughs) Number one is uh, put on the armor of God. Number two was stop giving place to the devil, right? Number three is to join an army. Join an army. We're in a battle. Join an army. You see, you're not meant to fight the battles of your life alone. I I hear Pastor Amber say this all the time, is don't do life alone. So are you in an army? Are you in a group a friend group, a life group, a men's group or ladies group or some kind of group that can be your army. Have you heard this person? What about the person who says, I can be a Christian without going to church? Have you heard somebody say that? Or maybe you've said that yourself. They say, I can connect with God on the lake. And I think that's true. We can connect with God on the lake and we should connect with God on the lake. Or on the golf course. I don't know how they connect with God on the golf course because I definitely don't. (laughs) I have to repent if I ever go play golf because it is not a place for me to connect with God. But I've heard people say that. I connect with God there. And we we do need to connect with God that way. He does speak to us in nature and all. I'm not uh, dismissing that. But to say that I can be a Christian without going to church is like saying I'm a football player, but you're not on a football team. Think about it. Football's not like golf. Golf, you can go play golf by yourself, right? But football, you can't play by yourself. I mean, you can put on a helmet, you can put on shoulder pads and cleats, but you can't really put on a jersey, right? What jersey are you going to put on? You're not on a team. So I guess you just put on a one of those old mesh jerseys or something, you know, that doesn't have a team on it. So you go out there and you're going to play football. You're a football player, so you're going to play football. So you go out to the field and maybe you go back for the pass, but who are you going to throw it to, right? You're out there by yourself. Uh, I guess you throw it really high and you run really far and you catch it and you do a touchdown dance or something in the end zone. But are you a football player if you don't have a football team? And you can go to the stadium That'd be like coming to church, right? You can go to the stadium, maybe there's there's a game going on. But if you're not on a team, you're not going to (laughs) play. You're not really a football player if you're not on a football team. 
So that's my challenge for you today is join a team, join an army, get involved. Don't just come to the stadium like this. Isn't this a perfect setup for next week with one connection? <laughs> come and find a team, right? Find some people to do it with. Now there's gonna be battle and blessing. It's not gonna be easy. It's probably gonna be messy. You get around other people, it gets a little bit messy, right? You get your feelings hurt or somebody doesn't, whatever, or somebody isn't friendly to you or whatever. That's gonna happen. I'm not being too idealistic about that. It's like in football, it's messy. It's battle and blessing in football, right? It hurts. <laughs> it's sacrifice. You have to show up to football practice whether you want to or not. You have to show up to football practice no matter what. And there's battles and blessings when you play football. There's battles and blessings when you're on a team with the Lord at church. But you need those other people in your life. Those other people are what are what gonna get you through the battles. Joe Zwall, who was up here giving it out. Joe Zwall, our men's ministry director, he is a huge encouragement to me. Our offices are right next door to each other. And we've just done a lot of life together over these years of serving here together. And when he asked me, how are you? And looks at me a certain way, I know it's because he really wants to know, right? And he's checking on me. And it's like we have this thing. We've talked about it. We have this thing, you know. He's making sure I'm not going under in the battle, right? And we're there for each other. That's important. You need those people in your life. You need to find an army. You need to find a team to join up with and be with. What if you don't join an army? Well, by default, you are in an army. You're either in the kingdom of darkness or you're in the kingdom of light. So it's not okay just to not make a choice. By not making a choice, you've made a choice and you're on a certain team. So my encouragement to you today is to choose a team, to get on God's team, even if it's been messy, even if you've been hurt in the past, whatever it is, get back in the game and get on a team. So there are three important parts of this battle. Putting on the armor of God, stop giving place to the devil, and then join a team, join an army. Let's read our passage again as we get ready to close. It says, 1 Peter 5, 8, see if you can see the battle in here and see if you can see the blessing as we read it again. It says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers, that's your team, all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. In his kindness, here's the blessing, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered or battled a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. So what is the blessing? We've talked a lot about the battle, but in closing, the blessing is that we're not alone. There's a family of believers that we get to be a part of. And the blessing is that he will restore, support, and strengthen, and place you on a firm foundation, and we'll get to share in his glory, eternal glory. It reminds me of Psalm 23. When I was looking for another place, I was just like, yes, Lord, but where, is, where else is that in your word? 
It's in Psalm 23. We're familiar with that. So I'm hoping this communicates to you and this comes up in your mind when you hear it. But he says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And that may be your battle today is that you're going through grief. Or, uh, or sickness or some other kind of shadow of death uh, that's around you. He says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see the battle in that? And that but then look at the blessing. The blessing is all over it. It's not just in the surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. But it says that his rod and staff will comfort us. It says that he will prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. That's battle and blessing happening at the same time. Even in the presence of our enemies, he's going to prepare a table for us. He's going to anoint us with oil. Our cup is going to run over with goodness and mercy. He is good. Be encouraged today. If you're here today and you're down from the battle, be encouraged that he is good and that he wants to bless you today, no matter what you're going through, he wants to bless you. Whether you've brought it on yourself or it's just affecting you from other people's stupidity or whatever else it is, he wants to bless you in the middle of your battle today if you will acknowledge that his blessing is available. You see, the tactic of the enemy is to make us think that we're not in a battle and the tactic of the enemy is to make us think that we're not in a blessing. So, as we close, I want you to think about it. Think about what your step is today. Is it to put on the armor, to stop giving place to the devil, or to join an army? And then to uh, let the Lord know about that. We're going to close in prayer, so if you'll bow your heads with me. Everybody bow your heads, nobody's moving around. I want to pray with you today. Maybe you're here today and you want to join God's army. Maybe you've been running from him. Maybe you are not on his army. Maybe you have been in the past, but you want to come back to him today and you want me to pray with you about that. I want to pray with you. God wants you to be on his team and enjoy the battles of life with him. So I want to pray with you. If you want me to pray with you about that, would you raise your hand? You want to commit your life to the Lord. I'm, you're saying to the Lord, I'm coming back to the Lord today. We want to put a Bible in your hand. We want to make this commitment real. This is if you're serious. You're serious about returning to the Lord and giving your life to him and joining his army again. Raise your hand for that. Thank you. There's a few hands. If you raised your hand and you're serious about that, would you look up at me? Would you come up here and let me pray with you? Let's make that commitment serious. Come up here. I want to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Praise the Lord. The Lord loves this. He sees you're serious about committing yourself to him. Thank you for doing this. I'm going to pray with you. A couple of you can just stay right here. We're going to pray together. And I want us to all pray together. I'm going to say the prayer, but you repeat it, and you, you're the one that's telling it to God, all right? You make this your words to him. 
Let's pray together. You can all pray this with me if you'd like. Dear Jesus, I want to be on your team and do the battles and blessings with you. Please forgive me of my sins. Please come into my life. I want everything you have for me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Teach me to love you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for making that serious commitment so serious. If y'all go over here, there's a couple people that want to talk to you and take the next step about. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's stand together. Let's stand together and we're going to close in prayer and make a commitment as well if you'd like. We usually do this at the end of the service as we stand together and we usually lift our hands and surrender to the Lord. Let me tell you what we're going to commit ourselves to is to, we're going to recommit to the battle and the blessing today. So you're going to be saying that I want to join a team, I want to put on the armor of God, or I want to stop giving place to the devil. That's your, pick out which one yours is today. And that's what you're committing to as we raise our hands and as we close in prayer. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. If that's what you want to do and you want to make that commitment today, then uh, raise your hands and repeat this prayer after me. All right. Dear Jesus, put me on the team where you want me. Teach me how to battle. Teach me that the battle belongs to you. Teach me that I don't have to do life alone. I choose the blessing you have for me today. I choose to acknowledge the blessing in my life. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for praying. If you'd like some extra special prayer, we have a prayer team down at the front. They're here every week. But today, you may want somebody to pray with you about your battle. So as you leave, just come this way and come by and pray with someone here at the front or spend some time at the altar if you'd like. Thank you so much. See you next time.